2022. I am Critch, and you are tuned into Canadian Patriot Radio. And uh, my sincerest apologies for being away from the airwaves for so terribly long. Um, I had a week that just completely got away on me. It started with a trip to Calgary, and uh, unexpected. I didn't really know I was going to be going until the last minute. And then uh, when I got back home, we got a huge dump of snow. And so it took me a couple days to get that all straightened around. And then uh, I got to haul some calves uh, tomorrow, actually, um, to market. And uh, I knew that my trailer lights were kind of giving me grief. And I thought, well, it's probably just a plug or something like that. Well, a day and a half later, and I've basically re-ran all the wiring on this trailer. And... uh, so, needless to say, I know you guys can relate. You've had weeks like this where you're, everything you touch seems to explode into a million jobs. And it's just like, oh my God. And it takes forever. And you just don't want to... And, and also, it seems like everything you touch breaks. <laughs> I'm having one of those weeks where like I'm afraid to touch any of the rest of my equipment because if I touch it, it's going to break and it's going to create five more jobs. And I'm not going to have any time for anything else. So I just am, uh, yeah. So here I am. I'm finally, finally in the studio, finally putting out, um, and I've been wanting to do nothing but get in here and record because we've had a crazy uh, week and a half, two weeks of nothing but um, um, wins, really. You know, like we've got, uh, we basically got Dina Hinshaw on the air uh, being recorded, admitting that they've been manipulating um, the ICU numbers, uh, we've got, uh, Fauci's emails admitting that they were, uh, how to create the SARS virus. Uh, we've got the CDC coming forward and admitting that they, uh, 95%, 95% of the COVID cases had four or, uh, four comorbidities, four. Only 5% in the U.S. were legit COVID cases. I hope that that right there, my friends, is like the the pandemic's over. Like someone needs to tell the media and politicians, but that right there ended the pandemic for any rationally thinking human being. And uh, what else? We've got uh, Project Veritas coming out with a huge bombshell um, when it comes to uh, gain of function and cures for COVID. So we'll be listening to that uh, among with, uh, we'll be going through uh, the Justice Center. Actually, let's open with the Justice Center. We'll do that right now. As you guys know, I like to open with the Justice Center because it's a very grounded uh, newsletter and I mean, they're fighting back in Canada and I love everything that they do. So, as you know, this is from the Justice Center and the title reads, Justice Center will take legal action against Quebec tax on unvaccinated. So, so stupid, but whatever. This is the world we live in now, my friends. Upside down clown world. So I guess we got to roll with it, right? This was posted on January 13th, 2022. 
This Justice Centre today announced it will launch legal action against the provincial government of Quebec. Following the announcement by Premier Francois Legault of a planned health tax on Quebec residents who do not receive the uh, requisite number of COVID injections, currently at three. On Tuesday, January 11th, 2022, Quebec Premier Francis Legault told news media a substantial amount would be implemented as a tax for those not getting a COVID vaccine, despite having double vaccination rate of 78.3%. Quebec has implemented some of the strictest lockdown measures in North America. The province imposed a curfew from 10 p.m. till 5 a.m., banning even the solitary act of dog walking, and has implemented vaccine passports for places of worship and for businesses deemed non-essential by politicians. The province has also banned the vaccine free from liquor and cannabis stores. Premier Legault did not give details on when the tax would be implemented or how much the cost would be. Quebec follows other European nations such as Greece and Italy implementing a financial burden on unvaccinated citizens. In Greece, individuals over 60 years old will be fined 100 euros, 144 Canadian, after January 15th for not taking the shot. While in Austria, individuals over 14 will be charged the Canadian equivalent of $5,147 every three months. What the fuck? What the... Uh, Let's just finish this and we'll get into it. The proposed Quebec health tax is an egregious violation of the charter charter rights of Quebecers and an affront affront to equality which Canada was, in times past, known for, states Justice Centre President John Carpe. This is a blatant attack on a minority of society. Historically, persecution of a minority through taxation has paved the way for further and worse measures. We will fight this discriminatory and unscientific tax in court and defend the right to bodily autonomy of Quebecers and all Canadians. This injustice has no place in Canada, adds Mr. Carpe. The Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms clearly states that every individual is equal before and under the law and has the right to to equal protection and equal benefit of the law without discrimination. And Canadian courts have repeatedly affirmed the Charter right to bodily autonomy. The announcement of a tax on those who decline the COVID injections, like the vaccine passport, is discrimination and wrong. Vaccines do not stop people from contracting or spreading COVID, so there is no medical or scientific justification for the financial financial persecution and discrimination against vaccine-free citizens, concludes Carpe. I just want to point out the utter stupidity of this. Like, okay, so... You're going to tax people that choose their own bodily autonomy over experimental injections. Okay, so uh, are we going to turn around and start taxing smokers? Are we going to turn around and start taxing people that are obese? Are we going to, you know, like the, the, the broad strokes that this could cover is unbelievable. It has to stop, obviously, with vaccination because there's just no there, you you could you could literally apply this to anybody that's doing anything that isn't healthy. So, you know, p- drug users, uh, people that drink alcohol. Like, where does it stop? This is so stupid, so stupid. And you know, I gotta I gotta almost you know I'm looking at everything that's going on in Quebec, and I'm wondering if they're not inst- instigating the Quebecers to riot. Like, it's almost like they're wanting... Because Quebecers are notorious for standing up. Um, So it's really odd that Quebec has the most strict COVID um, lockdown measures in place when, you know, the whole pandemic narrative is falling apart at the seams. Like, it's almost like they want the Quebecers to create civil civil unrest. If If you want me to guess... I think they're trying to poke and prod the Quebecers to get into full riot uh, so they could institute martial law. It just seems so weird like that Quebec would take the harshest steps out of, out of all the provinces. I don't know. <clears throat> I guess we'll see how this plays out, but obviously the Justice Center once again hit the nail clean on the head. Uh, this is just fascism. Like, There's no other way to describe it. It's, it's so unbelievably... F- 
nothing else nothing else even comes close to to describing it right except for fascism so that's what it's that's what we're sticking with anyway my friends let's get the show started we'll be right back welcome friends to canadian patriot radio where conspiracy is not theory and political corruption finds the spotlight CPR, we are committed to upholding Canadians' God-given rights to life, liberty, and freedom with all thy sons. Command. Right, welcome back, my friends. What I want to do now is I want to jump right into the Project Veritas um, revelations. This is obviously most of you have probably heard it at this point, but I want to get it onto the record because I have a sneaking suspicion that this will be harder and harder to find. So we're going to listen to it in its entirety and we will talk about it afterwards. And then we'll get into the other um, the other wins that we've had in the last couple of weeks. But let's tackle the biggest one first. Senator, with all due respect, I disagree with so many of the things that you've said. You're still unwilling to admit that they gained in function, they gained in lethality. According to the definition that is currently <laughs> operable, we're not going to get anywhere close to trying to prevent another lab leak of this dangerous sort of experiment. You won't admit that it's dangerous, and for that lack of judgment, I think it's time that you resign. Project Veritas has obtained never-before-seen military documents regarding the origins of COVID-19, gain-of-function research, vaccines, potential treatments which have been suppressed, and the government's effort to conceal all of this. Dr. Anthony Fauci has testified many times before Congress stating that the U.S. government was never involved in gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Will you today finally take some responsibility for funding gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator, with all due respect, I disagree with so many of the things that you've said. Gain, first of all, gain-of-function is a very nebulous term. But That's, the thing is, is you're still unwilling to admit that they gained in function when they say they became sicker. They gained in right. lethality. It's a right. new virus. That's not gain-of-function? According to the definition that is currently <laughs> operable, we're not going to get anywhere right. close to trying to prevent another lab leak of this dangerous sort of experiment. You won't admit well, that it's dangerous, and for that lack of judgment, I think it's time that you resign. You have said that I am unwilling to take any responsibility for the current pandemic. I have no responsibility for the current pandemic. That assertion is based on the NIH's definition of gain of function. However, the documents we've obtained refute that. The documents in question stem from a report at the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, better known as DARPA, which were hidden in a top-secret share drive. But what is DARPA? They are an agency under the U.S. Department of Defense. 
which facilitates research and technology with potential military applications. Dr. Stephen Walker was the director of DARPA at the time of the EcoHealth Alliance proposal. A source sent us this video of Dr. Walker talking about research they were exploring related to mRNA technology and its potential application with military personnel in the field. DARPA, about five or six years ago, we stood up an office called the Biotechnology Office, and the real purpose of that was to understand how biology worked and then build design, uh, design, build, and test cycles where you could um, engineer microorganisms to do things that you want to do. Though the main report regarding the EcoHealth Alliance proposal leaked on the internet a couple of months ago, it has remained unverified until now. Project Veritas has obtained a separate report to the Inspector General of the Department of Defense, written by the U.S. Marine Corps Major Joseph Murphy, a former DARPA fellow. Major Murphy makes claims in his report to the Inspector General that, if true, could be damning to the official narrative that has been played out to the world over the past two years. Major Murphy's report states that EcoHealth Alliance approached DARPA in March 2018 seeking funding to conduct gain-of-function research of bat-borne coronaviruses. The proposal was named Project Diffuse. DARPA rejected the proposal because the work was too dangerous and could violate the gain-of-function moratorium, despite EcoHealth's position that it would not. According to the documents, the NIAID, under the direction of Dr. Fauci, did not reject the proposal. They went ahead with the research at Wuhan and several sites across the U.S. Dr. Fauci has repeatedly maintained his position, under oath, that the NIH and NIAID have not been involved in gain-of-function research with the EcoHealth Alliance program. This appears to be contradictory to Major Murphy's analysis and the rejection from the Biological Technologies Office at DARPA. Major Murphy's report goes on to detail great concern over the COVID-19 gain-of-function program, the concealment of documents, the suppression of potential curatives like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, and the mRNA vaccines. To be clear, Major Murphy is not the source of our reporting. As far as we're aware, he has done nothing that violates his oath of service to our country. We were able to track him down, and though he couldn't go into detail about the hidden documents, he did offer this heartfelt statement. I offer no comments on the investigation or internal Marine Corps deliberations. I offer a brief comment to those that desire answers and to those that withhold them. To those seeking answers, I offer encouragement. There are good people striving for the truth, working together in and out of government, and they succeed. To those that withhold, I pray for you. Find the moral courage to come forward. Don't let a lie be our legacy to posterity. People will forgive. A commitment to truth is in the heart of this nation. Semper Fi. Project Veritas reached out to DARPA for comment regarding the hidden documents and spoke with the Chief of Communications, Jared Adams. Doesn't sound normal to me, no. Like I said, if, it, if something resides in a classified setting, then it should be appropriately marked. I'm not at all familiar with unmarked documents that reside in a classified, in a classified space, no. Um, that, like I said, that doesn't, doesn't sound like, I mean, it's, it's not good practice to put unmarked materials in um, you know, in a, in a classified space, but there may be, there may be cause to because um, something is determined to be classified, um, but it wasn't you know, originally marked appropriately. I'd be happy, Robert, honestly, to investigate and you know, talk to the people who would own this document within the agency, ideally the, you know, the director of the biological technologies office or the deputy director of that office and try to ascertain you know, why it, it was the case. So here's the question. If the Department of Defense, the same people who make our nuclear arsenal, felt this research was too dangerous to proceed with, why in the world did the NIH, NIAID, and EcoHealth Alliance recklessly disregard the risks involved? Did they purposefully change the definition of gain of function in order to bypass the moratorium? Further, who at DARPA made the decision to bury the original report? that could have raised red flags to the Pentagon, the White House, or Congress, which may have prevented this entire pandemic that has led to the deaths of 5.4 million people worldwide and caused much pain and suffering to many millions more. If you want my honest opinion, my friends, it is really starting to look like Dr. Anthony Fauci is fucked. <laughs> and that's, 
<coughs> that's not just, that's not the only thing. We've also got Fauci's emails where he was emailing back and forth about the creation of COVID-19. Let's just get into a real quick TikTok clip here that kind of highlights that. Apparently nobody reads anymore. Right here, Fauci's email. On the subject line, it says coronavirus bioweapon production method. If you read, he says, hello, Anthony. This is how the virus was created. Interviron fusion, HIV slash loose, which is luciferase. 500 nanograms of P24 was mixed with 1,000 nanograms of P24 of HIV GMP particles incorporating ASLVA envelope. SARS-CoV-S protein on both envelopes and PBS at 4 degrees for 30 minutes to allow binding to the receptors, to the RNA. Get it through your head. I'm trying to save you. Wake up. So, and not only, you know, one of my biggest takeaways from the Project Veritas um, not, 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 not taking away from the gain of function and what we learned from it. Um, you know, it's, it's something that DARPA wouldn't touch the gain of function research. DARPA, we're talking about DARPA, <laughs> the defense advanced research projects agency that's under the, the, the DOD wouldn't touch gain of function. And then you got Anthony Fauci that still goes ahead with it. And then you've got emails of how they created, how they created COVID-19, a combination of HIV. And you got insiders like Tori warning you that the, that the, uh, the injections are going to cause AIDS in people. Immune deficiency syndrome. Autoimmune deficiency syndrome. Why is that, my friends? And now, so how, you know, there was recently, Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci went at it again. And he denied it. He denied it tooth and nail. That was like days, just days before this leak from Project Veritas. This was four days ago, my friends. Listen to this exchange between uh, Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci again. Now, this one's quite a bit longer. We'll, we'll see how much is relevant to this, but we're going to let it go for a little bit here. Dr. Fauci, the idea that a government official like yourself would claim unilaterally, unilaterally to represent science, that any criticism of you would be considered a criticism of science <clears throat> itself, is quite dangerous. Central planning, whether it be of the economy or of science, is risky because of the fallibility of the planner. It would not be so catastrophic if the planner were simply one physician in Peoria, then the mistakes would only affect that physician's patients, the people who chose that physician. But when the planner is a government official, like yourself, who rules by mandate, the errors are compounded and become much more harmful. A planner who believes he is the science leads to an arrogance that justifies, in his mind, using government resources to smear and to destroy the reputations of other scientists who disagree with him. In an email exchange with Dr. Collins, you conspire, and I quote here directly from the email, to create a quick and devastating published takedown of three prominent epidemiologists from Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. Apparently there's a lot of fringe epidemiologists at Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. And you quote in the email that they, or from Dr. Collins, and you, you agree, that they are fringe. And immediately there's this takedown effort. A published takedown, though, you know, doesn't exactly conjure up the image of a dispassionate scientist. Instead of engaging them on the merits, you and Dr. Collins sought to smear them as fringe and take them down. And not in journals, in lay press. This is not only antithetical to the scientific method, it's the epitome of cheap politics, and it's reprehensible, Dr. Fauci. Do you really think it's appropriate to use your $420,000 salary to attack scientists that disagree with you? The, the email you're referring to was an email 
of Dr. Collins to me, if you look at the email that you responded to and hurried up and said, I can do it, I can do it. We got something in Wired no, magazine. No, no, no. I think in you usual did. fashion, Senator, you are distorting everything about me. Did you First ever object all, to Dr. Collins's characterization of them as friends? Did you write back to Dr. Collins and say, no, they're not friends, they're esteemed scientists, and it would be beneath me I, I did to not do that? You responded to him that you would do it, and you immediately got an article in Wired, and you sent it back to him and said, hey, look, I've got him. I nailed him in Wired of all scientific publications. That's not publications. what went on. You did. There you go again. That you was just your do the same thing every hearing. That was your response. And so, this, wasn't, so, this wasn't the only time. So your desire to take you're down people. You're absolutely incorrect. As usual, Senator, you no. are incorrect. Almost everything you well, said. Well, no, you deny. You deny. Right. But the emails tell the truth of this. No. This wasn't the only time. Your desire to take down those who disagree with you didn't stop with Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. You conspired with Peter Daszak, who you communicated with privately, and other members of the scientific community that wrote opinion pieces for Nature. Five of them signed a, a paper for Nature, an opinion piece. Seventeen signed a paper that called it conspiracy theory, the idea that the virus could have originated right. in the lab. Do you think words like conspiracy theory should be in a scientific paper? Senator, I never used that word when I was referring to it. You're distorting virtually everything. Did you communicate with the five scientists who wrote the opinion piece in Nature where they were describing, oh, this, there's no way this could that have come from, was from the lab? That was not me. What did I you did, talk with any of those see, scientists but privately? You keep, the, you keep distorting you? the truth. It is, it did is you stunning talk, how did you, you do Did you talk that? to any of the scientists privately yes. who wrote the opinion? You did. Well, what were they telling you privately? Well, well, let me explain. You know you're going back to that original discussion when I brought together a group of people to look at every possibility with an open mind. So you, not only this are you distorting it, disgusting. you're completely turning it around, as Were most you of the scientists do. that came to you privately, did they come to you privately and say, no way this came from the lab? Or was their initial impression, Dr. Gary and Dr. others that were involved, was their initial impression actually that it looked very suspicious for a virus you know, that came from a lab? Senator, we are here at a committee to look at a, a virus now that has killed almost 900,000 people. Because of and you. And the purpose of the committee was to try and get things out, how we can help to get the American public. And you keep coming back to personal attacks on me that have absolutely no relevance to reality. Do you think anybody has had more influence let, over let our me response finish. to this than you have? Do you Madam think it's a great Chair, success? Do you think it's a great success what's happened well, so far? Do you think you, the lockdowns are good for our kids? Do you think we slowed down the death rate? More people have died now under President Biden than did under President Trump. You are the one responsible. You are the architect. You are the lead architect for the response from the government. Right. And now 800,000 people have died. Right. So you think it's a, a winning success what you've advocated for government? Um, Senator, first of all, <clears throat> if you look at everything that I said, you accuse me of in a monolithic way telling people what they need to do. Everything that I've said has been in support of the CDC guidelines. Wear a mask, get boosted. And you've advocated to make it coercive take, and take done a look through at force, everything and you've advocated that it be done by mandate. Right. You, you've advocated that your infallible opinion be dictated by law. Right. So again, Madam Chair, I would like just a couple of minutes because right. this, th this happens all the time. You personally attack me and with absolutely not a shred it, of evidence filth. of anything you say. So I would like to make something clear to the committee. He's doing this for political reasons. What you need to do is, he said in front of this committee. You think your takedown of three was, prominent was epidemiologists was not political? You, you don't want me that to finish because you know what I'm going to say. Senator, that was the question. Senator, Were you political we will, in taking is, down right, these three point, prominent epidemiologists? Senator Paul, if you would please, um, I'm going to allow this, uh, the, Dr. Fauci to respond. We have a number of senators yeah. who would like to ask questions, and I would like him to be able to respond. Please do so. So the last time we had a committee or the time before he was accusing me of being responsible for the death of five, four to five million people, <laughs> which is really you created the virus. And I say, why is he doing that? There are two reasons why that's really bad. The first is it distracts from what we're all trying to do here today is get our arms around the epidemic and the pandemic that we're dealing with, not something imaginary. Number two, what happens when he gets out 
and accuses me of things that are completely untrue, oh, is that all of a sudden that kindles the crazies out there. Oh, and I just have the no threats upon lying. my life, harassment of my family and my children with obscene phone calls because people are lying about me. Oh, now, yeah. you know, I guess you could say, well, that's the way it goes. I can take the hit. Well, it, it, it makes a difference. Because as some of you may know, just about three or four weeks ago, on December 21st, a person was arrested who was on their way from Sacramento to Washington, D.C. at a speed stop in Iowa. And they asked, the police asked him where he was going, and he was going to Washington, D.C. to kill Dr. Fauci. And they found in his car an AR-15 and multiple magazines of ammunition because he thinks that maybe I'm killing people. So I don't want to listen to this guy anymore. I'm sorry for cutting him, cutting him off, but it's just, it's, I don't advocate violence, but you know, it was told to us by a specific program that there'll come a time when these people will not be able to walk down the streets. And Dr. Fauci has emails, correspondence back and forth with other people on the creation of COVID-19, exactly how they made it. There is also proof now from the DARPA from the DARPA papers through Project Veritas that gain of function was done in Wuhan because of Dr. Fauci. And this guy sits in front of committees and lies through his teeth and whines about people that now want to kill him. He's responsible for the death of 5 million people. There's no other way to see this. It's, it blows my mind he still has the, the balls to go to these committees. Now after Project Veritas, I guarantee he won't be going anywhere. Because like I said earlier, he's fucked. So fucked. The best thing that could happen to Dr. Fauci now is that he's tried by an inter international tribunal for crimes against humanity. Because if regular people get their hands on him, it's not going to be good. And I'm not advocating violence, but I can tell you that the state of the world, the way this world is going with the disclosures that happened in the last two weeks, what people, everyday average people now know to be true, Dr. Fauci is in serious danger. <clears throat> And this doesn't just stop south of the line, my friends. Don't forget that Canada is a member of Five Eyes. So most of the intelligence is shared. So that intelligence, the gain of function. Now, don't forget there's a connection to the, um, the, the lab in uh, Winnipeg. We all know about the two uh, Chinese scientists that were caught smuggling um, viruses out of Canada. There's a connection to Canada through all of this. And so all of this stuff, everything that's coming to light in the U.S., I can bet you can bet your bottom dollar that there are responsible people in this country that know everything Dr. Fauci did, gain of function, uh, the suppression of uh, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, both cures for COVID-19. Let's just get into that avenue for one second. Think about the amount of lives that could have been saved because um, they knew in, I, th I believe it was April 2021, that um, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine both worked amazingly well. Amazingly well. And actually, that brings me to, to my next actual avenue I wanted to go down. But they knew at that time. So that means people in Canada also knew at that time. And they suppressed it. They're still suppressing it. We're going to go through an article together right now of the suppression that just happened a couple days ago in Canada when it comes to ivermectin. And I know I'm, I'm fired up, but I, every single fucking one of us should be at this point with what we now fucking know in the last two weeks. Okay, this article comes to us by way of the Regina Leader Post, but I did some digging into it and they ripped it from the, uh, uh, from the National Post. So uh, this was written... On January 13th, the author's name is Lynn Cheya. And the 
title reads, Doctors Demand Spotify Change Policy on COVID-19 Misinformation After Controversial Joe Rogan Episode. Uh, Malone in, uh, ingested ivermectin, an anti-parasitic drug, to treat COVID-19 even after the study was pulled, debunking its effectiveness. Oh God, we got to read this. We got to make it through this without me flipping out because we can so totally shred this article. Joe Rogan is no stranger to hosting controversial figures on his Spotify exclusive podcast. On episode uh, 1757, which aired on December 31st, Rogan invited virologist and self-proclaimed inventor, self-proclaimed inventor of mRNA. Oh, these people need to be slapped with slander and and, uh, all sorts of suits. Like I I should, someone should almost send this to... uh, uh, to to Malone just to, just so he has the ability to sue the Regina Leader Post. I, actually, I'll, I'll look up his email and send it to him. Okay, as per his LinkedIn bio, Dr. Robert Malone on his show, The Joe Rogan Experience, the most listened to podcast causing a stir amongst medical experts. So in that show, obviously the author of this article didn't actually listen to the fucking podcast because Dr. Robert Malone gives you his whole play-by-play of his entire career where he did write. He wrote a paper on the uh, invention of mRNA. The invention of mRNA vaccines were based on his paper. All these people that discredit this guy deserve to be sued into oblivion. Anyway, Malone, who was banned from Twitter on December 29th for repeated violations of its COVID-19 misinformation policy. Interesting that the Regina Leader Post could get that information, but Malone himself can't. Also was in the podcast, if this author had chosen to listen to it. Uh, Made provocative statements on the show, uh, prompting hundreds of doctors to sign a petition demanding Spotify establish a clear and public policy to moderate misinformation on its platform. Both YouTube and Twitter already have done so. He explained Get University Professor uh, He explained Get University Professor Matthias Desmet's concept of mass formation psychosis, claiming it was developing in American society. It was a developing in American society in reaction to COVID-19, drawing similarities to society during the rise of Nazi Germany. A perfect, a perfect compare and contrast. Between the 1920s and 30s, Germany had a very intelligent, highly educated population. And they went barking mad, he said. How did that happen? The answer is mass formation psychosis. Well, the only difference between Germany in the 1930s and Canada and the U.S. in 2020 is there is not, it's not a very, or a highly intelligent society or highly educated. What do we got? We got hypnotized and indoctrinated. And then you have the enlightened is what I would like to call our side. People that have discernment skills and common sense. When you have a society that has become decoupled from each other, it has a free flo- it has free floating anxiety in a sense that things don't make sense, he adds. We understand it. And then there are their attention gets focused by a leader or a series of events on one small point just like hypnosis. They literally become hypnotized and can be led anywhere. Tell me if that is not a perfect observation of what is happening in North America, my friends. Absolutely perfect. In an open letter to Spotify, hundreds of medical experts, heavy air quotes there, have expressed concern over the uh, propagation and misinformation and baseless conspiracy theories surrounding the COVID-19 pandemic through Joe Rogan's massive platform of over 11 million listeners per episode. Way more than that. Nice downplay. By allowing the propagation of false and societally harmful assertions, the letter said, Spotify is enabling its hosted media to damage public trust in scientific research and sow doubt in the credibility of data-driven guidance offered by medical professionals. Oh, there's so much BS in that entire paragraph. I don't even know where to start. We're just going to carry on. 
Unlike other media giants, Spotify does not have a misinformation policy. Though the platform still has a responsibility to mitigate the spread of misinformation, the letter states, celebrities have a large pl- uh, celebrities have a large platform for which they can amplify misinformation, says clinical psychologist and University of Calgary adjunct assistant professor assistant professor Dr. Jonathan N. Stay. Dr. Jonathan assistant professor. Dr. Jonathan N. Stay is going to criticize Dr. Robert Malone, the foremost brilliant mind when it comes to everything that we've been going through in the last two years. An assistant fucking professor is being quoted in this article, attempting to take down and discredit one of the most accredited doctors of our age. I just can't with the stupid. And this is what he has to say. If the pandemic has any silver lining, it's, it is that it has highlighted the dangers of tolerating a culture that allows pseudoscience to remain unchecked. <laughs> oh, you know what happens? You know what the dangers of tolerating a culture that allows pseudoscience to remain unchecked? You get fucking experimental vaccines pumped into 87% of your population. That's what happens when you got pseudoscience running rampantly unchecked in your country. That's what happens. Malone has previously been accused of using mass media platforms to spread false studies that were later debunked. Bullshit. In November 2020, a pre- A pre-peer review study was submitted to a scientific journal claiming that in a randomized control trial of nearly 600 people hospitalized COVID-19 patients who received ivermectin early reported substantial recovery. Ivermectin is used to treat infections caused by parasitic worms. Oh, man. Okay, let's just carry on. We won't get into it yet. The study was pulled eight months later due to ethical concerns. Malone still shared the study in a tweet alleging he personally used the medication to treat COVID-19. Okay. Oh, they go on to attack Rocco Galati. You got to get a shot at the constitutional lawyer that's uh, taking the fucking mandates in Canada for a run for their money. In July 2021, he, along with Toronto lawyer Rocco Galati, repeatedly shared a paper titled The Safety of COVID-19 Vaccinations, We Should Rethink the Policy, Questioning the Risk-Benefit Ratio of COVID-19 Vaccines. The journal later retracted the study, saying they found that the article contained several errors and fundamentally affect the interpretation of the findings. We know that health misinformation and conspiracy theories about COVID-19 are rampant, says Assistant Professor Stay. They do real damage and endanger public health. People deserve to receive their COVID-19 and vaccine information from trusted sources that obtain their information from the scientific consensus and recognized experts in their field. What, like Dr. Robert Malone? Or how about Dr. Michael Yeadon? Or how about Dr. Uh, Peter McCulloch? Or uh, uh, Geert Vandenbosch? I don't know. The top of every single fucking field that they are in? But not according to assistant professor Nay here. Oh my God. Anyway. So the article goes on. The article, as you heard, says that there was one study. One study. One study with ivermectin. Now, does that seem like investigative journalism to you? Or is that journalism at all to you? Let me tell you something. Because I've looked at it before, I knew that the numbers were way higher than that. Um, I believe that there's actually something like 93 studies total. But peer-reviewed ivermectin studies, the number is 34. 34 peer-reviewed global uh, global studies. Uh, I'm not a journalist, and that took me a total of 35 seconds to find with a DuckDuckGo search, my friends. Um, should I phone the leader post and see if they want a journalist? Because obviously I can do better work than, uh, the people that they've got. And in that, in those 34 peer reviewed studies, do you guys want to hear what the numbers were? Well, let's get into it for a prophylaxis. Ivermectin had an 88% success ratio for early treatment. 
it was 77%. Remember, this is 34 studies. This is an average of the 34 studies. Late treatment, it drops down to 38%. Okay, well, that happens. All studies. In all the studies that they've they've done to date, the prophylaxis is at 85%. Early treatment is at 76%. And late treatment is 46%. The Regina Leader Post, though, did some just exquisite journalism there and figured it was just one study that was retracted. Now, at what point does an article like this become misinformation or false information or misleading? Because that's exactly what this is. People read this and believe it, especially the older generations. They will never go on online and search for these peer-reviewed studies like you and I will. So this is what they believe. And friends, this is getting to the point where it's criminal. Journal, or it's not journal, reporting or just repeating false information like this, like the Regina Leader Post. I can't wait for the day to come when these people start getting charged for this. Just blows my mind that we're still seeing this type of... I don't even want to call it journalism or news. It's just unbelievable. You know what? There's no, there's nothing else in this article that's worth actually going through. So what we're going to do is we're going to move on to the next revelation. Uh, Do, uh, Alberta's health minister um, was caught on uh, on camera admitting that uh, ICU numbers were manipulated. This comes to us by way of the counter signal. Uh, and it was written by Kian Bixby, I believe. Uh, for some reason, I can't find that now. Yes, January 11th. Okay, during a news conference on Monday, Alberta Chief Health Officer Dina Hinshaw admitted that Alberta Health Services, AHS, reported non-ICU patients as ICU patients throughout the pandemic. As we have been doing continual quality assurance work with our data... It was identified over time some units in some hospitals have shifted back and forth between being available for use as an ICU unit or a non-ICU unit, Hinshaw said. In some of our historical data, patients admitted for COVID-19 treatment were categorized as being in ICU when the unit they were on, in fact, had been changed back to a non-ICU unit at that time. In other words, key figures were wrong. The entire time that ICU numbers were used as a key point to justify lockdowns, vaccine mandates, and vaccine passports in Alberta, the government intentionally or unintentionally utilized eschewed data and not outright, and if not out or outright manipulated data. <clears throat> the adjustments you will see in historical, <coughs> excuse me, historical data today now reflect correctly the type of care those patients were provided, Hinshaw continued. This means you will see a, dec a decrease in ICU numbers at some points in time, with a corresponding increase in non-ICU numbers. Well, that's good. So after Albertans had their arms twisted into getting vaccinated, whether due to job security, social pressures, or lingering fears causing a healthcare system to collapse, the government now promises that records have been set straight. Problem solved, right? Except the damage has been done. Businesses have been closed. Um, and the injuries have mounted. Moreover, how can we trust that the government won't use faulty figures again to justify pandemic measures going forward? We can't, and that's the issue not being addressed. So, I got myself a three-day Facebook ban over this. <laughs> I'd like to, I'd like to um, point out that uh, this was brought to my attention by... Uh, the links, this article. And uh, <clears throat> in the comment section, I said that, you know, <clears throat> these people that are doing the bidding that the globalists need to hang by the neck until dead. And of course, Facebook thought I myself was going to run out and just grab Dina Hinshaw and hang her. That's not what I meant. But you know how they just love to jump on anybody like us and ban us. What I meant was... <clears throat> for manipulating the numbers and uh, creating conditions perfect... To lock Albertans down again, she needs to be tried and can and probably convicted. And if it turns out that you could link it to vaccinations that cause damage, 
well, then she could be facing life in prison in Canada because we, we don't do executions for anything but treason, do we? Now, if you could prove that this was somehow treason, stomping all over the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, for example, then she could possibly be hung to, by the neck until dead in Canada. So let me just get that straight on the record here. <clears throat> okay, my friends, let's get into some more. Uh, <laughs> something that obviously concerns me because uh, what I just said. Um, the RCMP commissioner wants Canadians to report anti-authority internet opinions. This is by Jonathan Bradley of True North, and it was written January 12, 2022. RCMP com Commissioner Brenda Lucky urged Canadians to report suspicious internet behavior, including comments by people who express anti-government, anti-law enforcement opinions. The commissioner's statement was obtained Monday by Blacklock's reporter. When in doubt, report it, Lucky said. It's easy to overlook seemingly ordinary moments that make up our days. The RCMP issued a guide called Reporting Suspici Suspicious Incidents to Police on Monday that encouraged internet users to watch out for people with su suspicious politics or anti-authority views that include anti-government, anti-law enforcement, and anarchist opinions or grievance-driven ideologies. What the fuck? What kind of country are we living in? Like what, what you cannot, you do not have the, the right to express your opinion anymore in Canada. Is that what I'm reading right there? You don't have the right to have free speech online is what uh, Brenda Lucky is, is telling you. You cannot express your concerns about a government that's been stomping all over your fucking rights for two years. This, this woman was placed by Trudeau. So are you surprised that you're getting behavior like this out of her? Oh my God, this is getting absolutely unbelievable. The, cate the category can encompass new and emerging ideology motivated threats such as environment, animal rights, etc., said the guide. The goal of the initiative is to enhance the quality of information being shared with police and to encourage the reporting of suspicious incidents and activities. The guide went on to advise that some people hold social or political beliefs that might be considered extreme or outside mainstream ideologies. It said while some ideas might be concerning to people, the police should be in, become involved when a person uses or actively supports violence to achieve ideological, religious, or political goals. The RCMP added that law enforcement has no role in policing the thoughts of Canadians. What? She just admitted it. Remember, oh, there you go. In in one in one three paragraphs, you got you got her contradicting herself. These people do it all the time. Despite this position, the federal police force uh, openly endorses Bill, Bill C thirty six, which would have brought in seventy thousand dollars fines or house arrest to internet users suspected of making illegal but offensive posts that involve devastation or vilification of identifiable groups. Bill C-36 was introduced in June, but died in Parliament with the calling of the 2021 federal election. Law enforcement has to have the ability to use the law effectively, RCMP Corporal Anthony Statham told a webinar sponsored by the Canadian Anti-Hate Network in July. In Canada, we don't have anything regulating speech because it's a free fucking country, you bunch of fascist fucks. I'm sorry for all the swearing this time, my friends, but holy cow. Wow. According to Statham, Bill C-36 was a very good thing because it would allow police officers to see things through to charges. Wow. So you've got members of the RCMP that are straight up Gestapo. They want to be internet Gestapo. They want to slap you with a $70,000 fine for saying something that I did. And they want to be able to put me on house arrest for that. You can bet your bottom dollar they'd just throw me into one of their COVID internment camps. And that'd be the last time you'd ever hear from me. This is getting ridiculous. So <clears throat> with the wins, with the wins that we've had, we've also got some... <laughs> Some crazy stuff like these people need to be holy Moses. So where what do we what do you even say now with threats like that out in the open from the RCMP? 
express your thoughts and opinions online and we will we will arrest you and slap a $70,000 fine on you. Do you do you still believe you live in a free country, my friends? I know none of you do because you listen to this show. But there's people around you that still believe even with a papas please fascist society that Canada is free. It couldn't be more blatant and out in the out in the open. You can see it every every freaking day now. Discrimination and segregation of specific groups of society, the attack on a minority group, and then you've got the RCMP, the top of the RCMP coming out and saying that, hey, we're going to be the Thought Police Gestapo now, and we want every one of you freaking internet snitches to report your neighbor so we can slap them with the $70,000 fucking fine. Oh my God. Okay, my friends, we better wind this down. <laughs> it's going to be an hour of me just swearing every second word. Um... If you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Facebook usually. Right now you can't. Uh, I'll be back on, I think, Monday night. So that's going to make posting this uh, this podcast a little bit difficult. I'll see, maybe see if I can reach out to the links and uh, get her to post it on the page for everybody. Uh, but usually you can find me on Facebook at Canadian Patriot Radio. <clears throat> uh, what I think I might end up doing is attaching that... Um, attaching the CPR page to my backup account just so that... You know, because I'm such an outspoken uh, internet terrorist, apparently, <laughs> that uh, I don't want the page going down with my uh, with my primary personal account if if I do say one thing too many. Um, but uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. If you prefer email, it's CanadianPatriotRadio at gmail.com. Um, the Telegram room, the second Telegram room is t.me backslash CPR underscore two. Um, I'm not directing anybody to the original CPR page anymore because it's basically screwed. And I haven't actually gone on to the old CPR page to invite everybody over, but I'm going to. I'm going to put a disclaimer and say, look, everybody here is welcome to come to the new page, but I'm warning you right now. Uh, you post anything racist on that page uh, and you're going to be banned permanently. So I'll probably do that well, if I get some time, maybe tomorrow or the next day. <clears throat> um, and if none of that tickles your fancy, then find our website, which is CanadianPatriotRadio.ca. As always, my friends, thanks for tuning in, and I'm sorry for the gap between shows. Um, next week might be a little bit more of the same. It's looking like i got to head back to Calgary, uh, but I don't, have, I don't have to be hauling cows next week, so it should be a little bit easier. And hopefully we don't get another dump of snow that'll have me just pushing snow and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, what a collection of events. I have this little, um, I've got this little S15. It's about a mid-80s F- S15 that, that has a blade on it. And that's my usual snow truck. And I, I took the fan belt out of it the other day. So I've been using the tractor and sometimes the loader from work. The loader from work is actually the the bee's knees when it comes to pushing snow. So I've been using that, but I just, it's, it's like every second day I got to push snow. <laughs> so I feel like I'm actually living in Ontario. <laughs> How uh, you guys out, out East usually get all the big snowfalls and we're, we're about, you know, a foot or a foot and a half on average through the whole winter for the last five years anyway. But to this year we're back to uh, days of old in the Southeast corner of Saskatchewan. We've got a ton of snow. And so it's kind of been putting me to the test because I've been out of practice and and haven't uh, haven't had to deal with that as much uh, as of late. So uh, it's just making everything challenging. But so next week I'm hoping that I can get at least a couple episodes out. Uh, but we'll see. It's looking like Tuesday. I probably got to take off west again, and then I'm hoping that I can be back Wednesday night. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, I'll be back on I'll be back on. F- Facebook Monday evening so I'll keep you guys posted at that point if it looks like it's going to be longer I was planning on getting news out to uh to you guys that uh sorry about the fact that uh, the show isn't out but turns out they blocked my CPR page too so that's why I'm talking about uh maybe potentially linking that to my backup account and uh, uh just letting my primary one be my my anti-political speech realm <laughs> Anyway, my friends, until next time, in all thy sons, command.
for joining us for another episode of Canadian Patriot Radio. CPR is not filmed before a live studio audience. If you like the show, friends, make sure you give us a thumbs up and share us on all your social media platforms. Until next time, take care.